Uh, my name is Zach Zakin, and uh, I'll, I am currently living in LA. And uh, I moved out here in uh, like September 2016. Uh, like you said, I am a UNT alumni. I uh, graduated in May of 2016. I did the uh, the film program at UNT. I don't know. I wonder. If, I don't know if any of you guys are going through the film program. Anybody? I'm trying to scroll through see if anyone else. Um, <clears throat> so, anyways, yeah, yeah. I graduated and then uh, shortly after moved out to Los Angeles. But uh, my freshman year, uh, coming to UNT is actually when I found this club. So very similar to much of you guys, um, you know, I was, I was seeking uh, a Christian group to get connected with while I was in school. And, uh, you know, I found this uh, table uh, with these uh, believers and uh, signed up and, uh, you know, got in contact with them and then started meeting regularly. And, uh, you know, the Lord was able to do a lot in me over those four years and uh you know i'm very thankful for those experiences and uh honestly I, you know i wouldn't i wouldn't trade it for anything you know i really do thank the lord uh for uh bringing me and uh, helping me find this group and uh so now yeah i live in los angeles where uh i'm quarantined as well so i don't really i mean i i go outside occasionally but been uh, working from home, not doing uh, a whole lot, but, um, you know, still thankful that we have the Lord and still thankful that, you know, we're able to uh, have technology that we can still meet uh, in some sort of way. Um, so I am yeah, very thankful for that. Uh, but yeah, so uh, it's good to see everybody. A lot of new faces. I, I don't recognize um that many people here at least you know for when i was at unt although most of those people have uh graduated but yeah good to see everyone and uh thanks for having me <clears throat> so uh the past few weeks uh you guys uh, we've been going over daniel and so uh, like edgar mentioned we are in chapter five and so if you happen to have your Bibles, uh, I recommend getting those out right now, turning to Daniel chapter 5. You know, if it's on your phone or your computer, that's good too. <clears throat> I'll actually be reading it from uh, uh, my computer, so I'm not going to be looking down the whole time. <clears throat> okay, so let's uh, jump right in here. So uh, I'm just going to be going over... Um, not every single verse, but we'll kind of be jumping around, trying to hit the uh, key verses here. And uh, so, yeah, I'll get started. So in uh, Daniel 5.1, uh, it says, Belshazzar the king made a great feast for a thousand of his lords, and he drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, under the influence of the wine, commanded men to bring the gold and silver vessels that Nebuchadnezzar, his forefather, had taken out of the temple, which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines might drink from them. Then they brought the golden vessels that had been taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was in Jerusalem, and the king and his lords 
his wives and his concubines drank from them. Okay, so wow. Um, first of all, you know, this, what a feast. You know, this says um, a thousand of his lords, uh, you know, there's his wives and concubines. Um, you know, this is, this is quite the party here. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, but the, the party scene, well, you know, before all the quarantine in Los Angeles is, is very, very big. And, uh, but I don't think, I, you know, I've ever seen, you know, something of this magnitude. You know, this is very excessive. And, uh, and it, it says, you know, they, they drank um, from the vessels taken out of the temple of the house of God. So we really see that uh, Belshazzar, you know, he has a spirit of just ignorance, of unholiness, just no, no regard for the Lord. Um, you know, it, this is uh, really, this is uh, debauchery here. And uh, debauchery, uh, define, uh, the definition of debauchery is excessive indulgence in such sens sensual pleasures. Sorry, I can say that. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of ignorance going on here. Uh, Belshazzar is thinks he's so great, he's so prideful, and he's throwing this great party. There's no regard for the Lord, and everyone is engaging in this uh, this awful debauchery. Um, <clears throat> and so now we're going to go uh, to uh, verse five. It says, "At that moment." So they're having this giant party, and then in that moment, the fingers of a man's hand came forth and wrote opposite the lampstand upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw that part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance changed, and his thoughts alarmed him. And the joints of his hips loosened, and his knees began to knock together. Uh, so at this point, the king... All, you know, they're having a great grand old time. And out of nowhere, this hand's running on the wall and the king just stops and he's like, oh, wow. And he is, he is so scared that his knees are actually shaking together. Um, I mean, I've, I've been scared a few times, but never to the point where my knees are actually knocking together. Um, but, you know, I can't imagine that just seeing a hand out of nowhere running on the wall is just some normal thing to behold uh, and then in uh, verse 7 the king cried loudly to the conjurers the chaldeans and the diviners the king responded and said to the wise men of babylon any man who reads this writing and declares its interpretation to me <clears throat> shall be clothed in purple and shall have a chain of gold around his neck and shall rule as a third ruler in the kingdom and so, yeah, the king makes this big announcement because there's this writing and no one can figure out what it means. So he has all these people come in, all these interpreters, and uh, no one can figure out what the writing says. And now, you know, the king uh, says in chapter, or, sorry, in verse nine, uh, he was greatly alarmed. His countenance was further changed uh, and his lords were perplexed. So everyone's in this state of just severe confusion and shock. <clears throat> uh, and so then 
uh, in uh, verse 10, uh, we see the queen mother, uh, she comes to the king. And she, talk, she mentions that there is a man named Daniel and that, um, that Daniel had actually, um, or that, King, sorry, King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, which, we, uh, went, which you guys went over in uh, chapter four, um, he had made Daniel the chief of the magicians, conjurers, Chaldeans, and diviners. And so she mentions uh, Daniel. And now Daniel was able to interpret uh, these strange things like visions and dreams and things like that. <clears throat> and now um, uh, verse 12 is actually going to be a lot of the focus uh, for today. So I want to I read that one. Uh, because an excellent spirit and knowledge and insight and, and, in, and the interpretation of dreams, the declaring of riddles, and the resolving of problems were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Bel uh, Belteshazzar. Uh, let Daniel now be called, and he will declare the interpretation. <clears throat> so uh, it refers to Daniel having an excellent spirit, uh, which later on we'll, we'll get more into. Uh, but that's, it's interesting that Daniel has an excellent spirit. It refers to him. <laughs> <clears throat> refers to him in that way um, and that everyone you know believes that he would be able to interpret uh, this writing uh, now I just uh, compared to um, going you know going back to Daniel chapter 1 Daniel chapter 1 uh, takes place 70 years earlier uh, than right now uh, and so now even now Daniel still has an excellent spirit. Now, this is 70 years later. So, you know, I would hope as we, as we go on in our uh, Christian life, you know, however many years from now, you know, we can still uh, have an excellent spirit before the Lord. And uh, we'll get in into, into that a little bit later, what that, what that really looks like. Um, and so then if you compare that to uh, Belshazzar, no, Belshazzar, you know, not a great guy. Um, you know, a spirit of ignorance, um, debauchery, unholiness, you know, insulting the Lord compared to uh, Daniel, um, who has an excellent spirit. Uh, excuse me. And so we see, I'm just going to uh, skip to uh, verse 27 really quick. And uh, one of the words mentioned that is uh, that Daniel is interpreting is this word to kel, and it means you have been weighed in the scales and found to be lacking. And this is referring to Belshazzar. And uh, and though and so that uh, that reminds me, there's a verse in uh, Romans three twenty three, and it says, "For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God." And so now that's, that's pretty clear. All, all have sinned. It's not just, well, there's a few people over there that sin, but everyone else, you know, they're, they're good. But, you know, that's everyone. Um, so Belshazzar is not exempt from this. You know, he should, have, he should have learned that he is a sinner, you know, and even more so, he should have learned from his forefather, Nebuchadnezzar's 
uh, experience. So if you guys remember Nebuchadnezzar, uh, you know, he got this spirit of uh, pridefulness and turned like into this beast. He was just like, you know, whatever. Um, I'm great. I don't care about God and I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to have an awesome party. And uh, so I think, you know, that's a really good lesson for us um, is we really need to pay attention to uh, those that come before us and those that, you know, that are teaching us. You know, for instance, like, you know, your parents, um, you know, there's always the example, like your parents tell you, hey, don't touch the stove. And then you want to go and touch it anyways. You touch it and then you burn your hands. Well, if you would listen to your parents, because they know, they know that the stove is hot. They know that the stove will burn you. If you listen to them, you know, you're not going to get burned. But unfortunately, sometimes we're like, well, I know better. I, I can do what I want. And you touch the stove. And now, now you have a, a third degree burn. Um, <clears throat> and so, uh, let's see. I want to read verse... Um, Oops, where'd it go? I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to read uh, verse 20. And so this is uh, Daniel uh, re referring to Nebuchadnezzar, and he's uh, speaking to Belshazzar. But when his heart was lifted up and his spirit became so arrogant that he conducted himself in pride, he was deposed from his royal throne and his glory was taken away from him. And he was driven from the sons of men, and his heart was made like that of the beast. And his dwelling place was with the wild donkeys. Men, med, men fed him with grass as they do bulls, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven. Until he came to know that God the Most High is the ruler over the kingdom of men and sets over it whomever he wills. And you, his descendant, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, though you knew all this. So, wow. Um, you know, Daniel really told Belshazzar, like, you know, hey, you knew all this, and you still have not humbled your heart. Um, and so, you know, Nebuchadnezzar, he really saw this. He saw that God uh, puts in place all the rulers. He puts in place all the kingdoms, whoever he wills. Um, so, you know, we can, you know, have a, a sort of peace from that, knowing that, you know, whoever is in any kind of position of power, um, that we can know it is because of the Lord's will. <clears throat> and, uh, and so then I just want to go over then, uh, the writing that was inscribed in the wall, uh, and then just go to the end of the chapter. Um, and so the writing that was inscribed, this is in verse 25, is Mene Mene Tekel Ufarsim. Uh, this is the interpretation of the matter. Mene, God has, God has numbered your kingdom and brought it to an end. And then uh, we went over to Kel. You have been weighed in the scales and found to be lacking. Paris, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Uh, and so then Belshazzar commanded, and they clothed Daniel in purple and put a chain of gold around his neck. And they made the proclamation concerning him 
that he should rule as the third ruler in the kingdom. Um, and now earlier, um, I didn't go over this, but uh, the king had mentioned to Daniel that if he can read these words, that he would give him these things, the purple robe and the chain. And uh, Daniel said, like, no, no, you can keep your gifts or give them to someone else. Um, but, <clears throat> but I will uh, interpret the writing. So we see this again, you know, referring to Daniel's excellent spirit. You know, he didn't care about these uh, materialistic things. You know, he just had a heart for the Lord and wanted to do whatever was in the Lord's will. Um, and then 30 and 31, uh, in that very night, Belshazzar, the Chaldean king, was slain. Wow. So that night, the king is dead. He's killed. Um, which, wow. <laughs> If, if, you know, if it, having that spirit of ignorance um, and debauchery, you know, caused this king to be killed. Uh, and then 31 says, uh, Darius the Mede received the kingdom at about age of 62. And uh, so that's, um, yeah, basically uh, chapter five. Now, Shell, so there's this great party. Um, everyone's having a great time. Uh, and then, uh, we, there's this writing on the wall, you know, everyone gets scared. No one can interpret it. Um, they call for Daniel cause they knew he had an excellent spirit and he was able to interpret things. Um, and then Daniel tells, uh, Belshazzar how, you know, he should have learned from Nebuchadnezzar's lesson and that he's, um, arrogant, and then he uh, reads the writing and says that his kingdom will come to an end. And then that night, the king is slain. Uh, a little bit of time that we have left, uh, I would just like to go over the practically uh, how we can have an excellent spirit. Um, so I will be going over some other verses that aren't in Daniel. Um, if you're really fast, you know, feel free to look them up. Uh, I will be reading them, or you know, if you just want to write them down. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, jump back in. Uh, so <clears throat> this is uh, jumping into Daniel chapter six, uh, but we see that in chapter six, Daniel would pray three times a day. And it mentioned that he did that as he had always done. And, uh, and so that's, um, I think, you know, one of the things that contributes to having an excellent spirit is, uh, is praying. You know, and it, uh, so, you know, the Bible says to unceasingly pray. And um, and so anyways, I'd like to go over, uh, I guess, kind of three, three things uh, that allow us to have an excellent spirit. And so uh, those three things are is we want to have a spirit that is living, uh, a spirit that is poor, and a spirit that is exercised. Uh, so I'll, I'll get into each one of those things. Uh, so first, uh, we want to have a spirit that's living. Uh, Romans 8.10 says, But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. And uh, we see, you know, why, why the Lord uh, uh, came to us, why he came uh, down to the earth. You know, in John 10, 10, it says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. So, you know, how do, how do we have this living spirit? Well, it's a simple answer. It's Christ. You know, Christ is the one who gives life. 
and Christ gives abundant life. Um, and uh, yeah, so how do we have a living spirit? Christ. Uh, and then next, uh, we want to have a poor spirit. Now, um, this word poor, you know, it, it could lead to some confusion. Uh, but a poor spirit is not a weak spirit, um, but it is an empty and open spirit, a spirit that's ready to receive something. Uh, Matthew 5.3 says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of the heavens. So blessed are the poor in spirit. Um, I'd like to just give kind of a, uh, a practical example of what this looks like, maybe just to help understand a little better. Uh, so I live about 10 minutes away from Beverly Hills. And uh, I'll tell you what, there, um, yeah, some of those houses there are just insane. Um, I actually saw this house on a, uh, on Zillow, like that real realtors or realty website. Uh, it was like a 20 bedroom house in Beverly Hills and it was worth $165 million. I'm like, who is buying these houses? This is crazy. Um, so it's very, very extravagant. Um, you know, it's almost, it's really, it's, it's too much. <laughs> Uh, so, okay, so let's say I, I uh, take a trip over to Beverly Hills, and I drive over there, and I, you know, knock on one of these mansions, and, you know, a guy opens the door, and I offer him a dollar. He'd probably look at me and be like, okay, what, what the heck? Like, I don't need this. Why are you trying to give me a dollar? You know, he might get really insulted and, like, just slam the door in my face. It's like, I, what can you give me a dollar for? I have, like, millions and millions of dollars. Get out of here. Um, but now we uh, compare that uh, to, let's say, well, also in LA, there's a very big um, homeless population. And there are um, a lot of people that will stand on the street corner, um, you know, asking people in their cars for money. A lot of people are just sitting on the sidewalk, um, you know, just sitting there with like an empty cup or anything. You know, all these people, you know, they are very open to receive something. So if I went to one of those people with that same dollar and I was like, here, you know, you want this dollar? And I'm sure they'd be overjoyed. They'd be like, oh, yes, thank you. You know, and a lot of them are just going around asking people like, oh, you have any spare change, spare change? So these people are even happy, you know, even if you give them like a, a few quarters, you know, a couple bucks. Um, so it's like, what, what's the difference here? Um, well, the difference is one of these people, you know, they, they have – I guess in a way, you know, their their uh, riches, you know, they they aren't open to receiving anything. But then you have on the other side, you have these people that are that are open to receiving something. They're very desperate to receive something. And so, in the same way, uh, we want to be that way in our spirit. You know, we don't want to have that arrogant, prideful spirit. Oh, I know everything. You know, I don't need the Lord. I can do it myself. Well. I can tell you from my personal experience that trying to do things by yourself is, it doesn't work. 10 times out of 10, it will not work. I can, I can assure you, um, you know, things might be going well and you're like, okay, you know, I, I think I'm good now, Lord. I, I don't think I really need you right now. So I, I'll, I'll take it. Well, the second that happens, it's, it's going to go downhill, you know? So we really, we really need to see how much we need the Lord. 
uh, we need to be uh, poor in spirit, open to receive anything that the Lord is uh, speaking to us, anything that the Lord gives to us. Uh, and then just one more verse uh, is Luke uh, 153. It says, the hungry he is filled with good things, and the rich he is sent away empty. So we should be hungry. We should be poor in spirit. And then lastly, we want to have an exercise spirit. Uh, and so what does that mean? Well, turn your heart to God. You know, the exercise is in, is in the turning. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 3.16, says, But whenever their heart turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So when that veil is removed, you know, we're able to behold the Lord. We're able to receive the Lord. And, but that, that does require something on our part. That requires us to turn. Um, and so we, you know, we use this term exercising. Uh, because with exercise, you have to have some sort of resistance. And that's how you, that's how you, uh, you know, build muscle, that's how you get stronger. Because if you just went out and, you know, lifted some feathers or something like that, you know, there's no resistance. You're not going to build muscle. But if you go out and you're like lifting, you know, 20 to 50 pounds, you know, however, however much, you know, there's resistance there. And that's what's building the muscle. And so sometimes we don't feel like we want to turn to the Lord. We're like, um, you know, I, I have this idea with this a lot. I'm just like, you know, I'm mad, I'm frustrated, or I'm anxious. And it's like, I know the Lord's there, but I just don't want to turn to him. I'm just like, no, I just want to be mad. You know, I feel better just being mad. But in those instances where, you know, I, I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> I just need to turn to the Lord. And I do turn to the Lord. Wow, it, what a difference. Um, you will really experience something of the Lord. You know? and, and this takes a lot of practice. That's why it's called exercising. You, know, you don't just go out and lift weights once and then you look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, this is uh, a daily thing we have to do. You know, this is a lifelong process um, of turning to the Lord uh, and exercising our spirit. Um, but everything we do, we should have an exercise spirit. You know, maybe we feel like we want to say something, but then we kind of feel this inward sense like, oh, maybe you shouldn't say that. Um, well, if you don't say it, you follow the Lord's leading on that. You know, that's an exercise of the spirit because it's something you want to do, but you're turning away from what you want and you're turning to the Lord. 